This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMP CD Sports Podcast. I'm Chad Fisher alongside my co-host, Tony Farmer. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good today, man. We got our first baseball guest. Oh, yeah, show, dude. I'm so excited. I'm excited I've been watching that. a lot of baseball this year, man. Hell yeah. Baseball's a perfect, like speed for a, a new father man you know so i got a bunch of stuff to do yeah i don't have time to be like uh paying attention the entire time so you watch baseball it takes like 45 seconds in between pitches yeah. and shit man it's perfect. goes to flip a, a burger and shit you know make some grilled cheese in that time i love it and we've been so heavy with our guests yeah. on football players specifically from the 49ers so i'm excited to get a yeah. uh, baseball game. and it's baseball today. season right now and it's an exciting yeah. year for baseball as well because uh it's wide open this year most Parody. of the times yeah most of the times we have like a clear cut, you know, two or three team favorites, you know, this year I would say, man, there's like 10, 12 teams that I could see coming out with it. And it's awesome for the sport to have that much parity because it makes it so much more exciting for a lot of other teams. You're not out of, there's not so many teams that are out of it already. And usually there are, you know, a handful of teams that are just like no, no chance and shit. So I'm excited about that, man. Hell yeah, man. But first, I guess before we get into that uh, interview, yeah. let's uh, do our betting segment brought to you by some of our favorite folks in the world, Odd Shark. Yeah. Odd Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, the hottest sports news, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Odd Shark has that too. And best of all, folks, it's absolutely free. In-depth expert analysis, odds, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. They've got decades of stats in their databases, and their insiders give you takes so hot they sizzle. Mm. They're your one-stop shop for all your odds and info on sports and pop culture events. Yeah, so if you want to get a better understanding of the odds and the math behind the numbers, how the line is set, you want to know why the lines move during the week on the NFL odds list, Odd Shark will give you all the tools you need they're a proven industry powerhouse. Oddshark has info from around the globe, giving you the chance to access the best sports odds on the planet. Whether you want to check out tonight's football odds, this week's hockey or basketball trends, or anything in between, head on over to Oddshark and start thinking like a shark today. Yeah, man, we love Oddshark. Yeah. And speaking of loving Oddshark, uh, yeah. we want to talk about uh, a little boxing change that's come up recently in yeah. the betting world. Yeah. And uh, what those odds are on, on Oddshark. And it's it's crazy because, uh, you know, I'm a big boxing guy. I love boxing and everything. And um, it's uh, everyone knows like Tyson Fury had that fight set up with Anthony Joshua. It's going to be one of the biggest heavyweight fights in decades, you know, probably since Tyson fought or Holyfield or something. And so. That was nixed because uh, Tyson Fury signed a deal with Deontay Wilder for a trilogy fight. Uh, so they they uh, you know they fought to a draw in the first matchup. Uh, a lot of people thought that Fury kind of won that that uh, matchup because he knocked him down twice, uh, and so it was a draw. And then they fought the second time, and Fury just beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And it it was a it was a clown show in terms of like Deontay Wilder did not look like he belonged in the ring. He was a uh, he was faced. He was out of the fight by the third round. You could just tell that there's no way in hell he was winning this fight. Except that guy is an amazing knockout puncher. So you never knew what could happen. You never know. He gets the uh, uh, Fury leaves himself open for a split second. Uh, the Bronx Bronx uh, Bronx bomber could come in there and just uh, knock him out. But that did not happen. He was on his. T- he was wobbling pretty much the entire fight, and so he just. Everyone's thought like, okay, you know, this is over. No one wants to really see this fight because everyone thinks. Fury's going to win big time. But at the same time, the exciting thing about uh, boxing is that 
you got a puncher's chance, man. That's all you need. And so you can make some money on this. And Odd Shark has a great breakdown. If you go to oddshark.com, click on boxing. They got a break, great uh, breakdown of this fight coming up. Um, and they got some odds and everything like that. They give you a little uh, little insight into what you're doing. Uh, so how, what are the odds right now? Yeah, right. so right now it's uh, Tyson Fury is minus 290. Mm. Uh, and Deontay Wilder is plus 230. And so... I'd imagine, honestly, that line's going to move even. That, that's yeah. possible that, that line moves uh, as the fight gets closer to happening. I believe it's uh, July 24th, which is uh, about six weeks away now, six yep. or seven weeks away. I think that line's going to move tremendously. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fury at minus like 360, 350 even uh, once the fight gets closer. So you're uh, saying if you like Fury, get in on it now. Yeah, I, w- I would do that now because I think that's gonna uh, that's just going to go up. And if you like Wilder, wait, because yeah. we think you might get a better number. And we don't know. We're not positive, yeah. but yeah. That, that's that's what it's looking like right now. Yeah, I, I would say uh, if, if you're a, a Fury guy, go ahead and get on that now because this, this is only going to get uh, uh, even um, even worse. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, I, that's, who, I, that's who most people are going to be betting on is Fury. You know, yeah. the way he outperformed Wilder in the last fight. Um, a lot of people think he's he's one of the best heavyweights ever. And... I don't disagree. I love the guy. I think the dude's, the dude's hilarious, by the way. I don't know. You're not a big, nah. and big into the heavyweight boxing scene, but dude, he is hilarious, man. This guy like sings, sing, he sung Aerosmith after he won. He sung Aerosmith to his wife or his girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> nice. So he sings like some corny, cheesy ass song every time after he wins. He's goofy as shit. He's nice. hilarious. He's funny as hell. That's and awesome. the dude used to be like, oh, like super obese, like fat as shit, like no 400, shit. 400 and some pounds. Got himself into shape. I'm not sure where, where he's fighting at now, but uh, it looks way better. And he's just, uh, an amazing um, talent. This guy's quick as shit. Has an amazing ability to uh, dodge punches and everything like that. And then he also has the power. The guy's just—he's mm. got a good chin too. But uh, it's gonna be. This is still gonna be a big fight. I'm gonna get it. You're welcome to come over and watch it. I I'm like gonna it. order I this like shit. It. I'm gonna get some chicken wings and some beers. Hell yeah! Throw down some money on the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like and uh, yeah. Where, think, where are you throwing your money down? Ah uh, man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money down on Fury, man, because I just yeah. don't. I, I like the guy so much. But at the same time, who knows? I might hedge. You know what I mean? Throw down a little bit of money on on Wilder. See if he gets a knockout punch. You can make him a shit ton of money if you did. That's that's my thing. All right, you're more of a boxing guy than me. Yeah. Okay. But just from a betting perspective, I gotta like the underdog here because if I'm gonna lay two hundred ninety dollars yeah. to win a hundred, yeah. even if it wins, I'm not even gonna be that excited. I'm gonna yeah. be like, oh, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. But the excitement if that underdog comes through and you're more than doubling your money right yeah. now, um, that, you throw down a hundred. That's a good yeah, night right there. Two thirty. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that, and I think it's it's that's gonna that could go up as well. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, uh, I would not be surprised whatsoever. But yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a heavily bet on uh, event because and you never know with, with uh, Wilder man that guy can knock anybody out. You know so. You know, yeah. you want to get crazy, you might want to do some uh, prop bets on what round that would happen in. Ooh, it happens in, you know, first one. six or something like that. You can win some serious cash. We'll man. have to bring someone on, maybe from Odd Shark or some other place to talk yeah. about the, the prop bets. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there's going to be tons oh, it's gonna be of crazy. Those. Yeah, if he yeah. sings a song after he wins, all that <laughs> what shit. What song will yeah, he yeah, sing? Yeah, oh, dude, yeah, you can make a shit ton of money <laughs> on that. I'm going to say Sinead O'Connor, but, you know, who knows? You know what fascinates me about those prop bets? There's got to be some people who know. Like, it reminds me yeah. of, like, the Super Bowl prop bets where you have, like, the what color gator is yeah, going to yeah, get poured yeah. on the coach. Some motherfucker out there put the Gatorade in the fucking to- in the tank. Yeah. And so they know for a fact. So it, it seems easy for that information to leak out there. And, you know, for him to be like, hey, this is what song I'm going to be singing yeah, yeah. tonight. Someone knows. So, Someone gotta, in his inner circle I'm gonna, knows. I'm going to find out. I'm going to follow him around <laughs> as much as I can. Yes, that fight's taking place in Vegas, which is going to be awesome. 
Um, when is it again? Uh, I believe it's July 24th. Nice. Is when it's going to be. So, so it's quicker than it's that last quicker one. Than, I think the last okay. one's going to be uh, September August 8th or, or, oh, okay, or I'm sorry, okay. August 8th or something. Nice. Or maybe it was September. I'm not sure, but it's going to be way uh, further down the line. So nice. as a boxing fan, you get, a, get another fight, you know, uh, he hasn't fought since it's been almost a year, I think since uh, Fury's fought. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, I'm going to watch it. I'm definitely watching it. Hell yeah, I watched man. the last fight and was like super fired up watching that shit. I'm by myself. So nice. Yeah, awesome, so dude. party of party of Chad's crib. Man. I like it, man. Looking forward, 24th, it, yeah, looking forward to it, brother. Looking forward to it. It's gonna be awesome, man. Hell yeah! Also, sweet. also looking forward to this injury to this uh, interview with yeah. uh, Andrew Kerrigan. Yeah, I am too, man. Because I'm a big baseball guy. I love baseball as well. Uh, I've been watching it way more. Like I, like I said, way more this year than I normally do. And it's gonna be interesting because we got some great questions, I think, for him. And it's gonna be interesting to get get his opinion on some of the hot topics in baseball right now. You know, baseball is a very polarizing sport for a lot of people because. A lot of people are saying it should change, or some people are saying, you know, the traditionalists are saying it's fine the way it is. Don't go screw it up. So it's going to be interesting to get his opinion on some of that stuff. Absolutely. Okay, our guest today is a former pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. He was a fifth-round pick of the A's in the 2007 MLB draft after clinching two College World Series wins for the North Carolina Tar Heels in the College World Series. In the big leagues, he struck out some of the best names in baseball at that time, including Michael Young, Josh Hamilton, and Torrey Hunter. Please welcome to the DMPCD Sports Podcast, Andrew Kerrigan, how you doing, brother? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we got a lot of stuff we want to get to because uh, we got a lot of questions. Uh, it's an interesting time. We're, Tony and I were talking before the show. Uh, it's an interesting time for baseball right now, and there's a lot of hot topics, I guess, going on. Yeah, man. Looking forward to talking to you about your time in the league. Before we get into all that fun stuff, what are you up to these days, man? What are the exciting things going on in your life? So I am currently living in uh, Wichita, Kansas. I've moved there uh, in December from North Carolina. That's where my fa- uh, my wife's family is from. So we're at the stage in our lives where we're having a family and needed to move next to one set of parents for the just to have some people around. So that's where I'm living, um, working in tech industry. Kind of went back to school after I was done with my career, and have really kind of been in tech. This is my fourth fourth different gig since then, and. Other than that, just living life and enjoying the, the I work uh, fully remote. So Dude, that's awesome. having, yeah, it's, it's great. After, after being in a, a baseball lifestyle where they tell you where to be and how long to be there for your whole life, it's nice mm. to have kind of the autonomy to do what I want now. Yeah, it's probably, it's pr- uh, very freeing, I'm sure. And you get to spend the time with family and you're working remotely at home. So uh, you're there for everything, man. It really is. It's good. I mean, thinking back, to, I mean, it was I don't know, five or six years ago when I was playing, but then and now, I mean, my just being able to decide what bed I'm sleeping in every night yeah. is, a, is, a, is a big win. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Awesome. And, and I know that your, uh, your wife is pregnant. Is that going to be your, your first child? First one. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, so I've got an eight month old now. I just, my first child. And so uh, I can give you a little advice if you'd like, man. The one thing that I wish that someone would have told me, um, I will tell you, like the first six months, man, you don't sleep for shit. I'm gonna be honest, like you <laughs> sleep as much as you can, sleep in, you know what I mean, do your thing, because you're gonna miss that shit. I, I can guarantee you that. And now, like you, once you uh, become a dad, you just like you can't. I can't sleep past like eight thirty, man. If that, that's sleeping into me. But uh, um, yeah. So I, my suggestion would be that you both don't get up with the kid uh, and initially at at the same time. You know, nice. you take turns. You know, so the first few months, me and my girlfriend, we would get up. 
both and we would like to kind of double team it and everything like that and we both just be miserable and then it took us like three or four months and we're like dude why don't i get up this time and then i get to mm. sleep through the next round you know what i mean and you get some semblance of sleep it's not great but it's it's better than both of you getting up three or four times throughout the night it's like a bullpen rotation yeah there we go dude yeah <laughs> bring in the righty yeah that's great advice i yeah. appreciate it i'll uh, definitely talk to the wife i mean i haven't sprung any nipples and i don't think i'm lactating yet so I'm not <laughs> oh that's right oh yeah yeah you, that's always a, a good thing and so i felt bad so i would have to like i'm like i'll get him up and change his diapers since you're gonna do all this stuff you know what i mean but uh yeah yeah I, that's totally true that reminds me of the uh the the, the meet the fuckers or the meet the parents yeah, yeah. with the uh i have uh nipples yeah, can, greg you, nope, <laughs> can you nothing. milk me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, for Classic. Sure. Anyways. Uh, Andrew, I want to talk about, uh, so uh, your first MLB win came on April 12th, 2012. I want to know, like, what was that moment like for you and how much partying did you do afterwards? Or did, or was there no party? You just went home and had some cocoa and went to bed or what have you. Was it, was it <laughs> wild? Was a, that was a really interesting game yeah. because there was kind of a lot of hostility. Uh, Johnny Gomes mm -hmm. got, if I remember correctly, he had a hit by pitch like walk off win because Billy Butler, there was like some animosity going back and forth. So like, I didn't even really have like a great outing. I just happened to be out there when kind of like the chaos and I ended up getting in the win column. Mm -hmm. So for me, I mean, I was extremely happy to get the win, but at the same time, it's like, I would have much, I think I might've given up a run or something yeah, yeah. for me. I was like, I would have done, I would have been a little bit happier if I just had a clean inning. And, but I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was kind of overshadowed by the, little bit of a drama but i mean for me in my my career like i was i never really had the opportunity to to celebrate anything because being a kind of traditional up and down guy like 4a guy if you want to call it call it that i was at my locker and just hoping i didn't get a tap on my shoulder yeah, yeah after right. the game. That, <laughs> that was pretty much the that was the existence of me in the league yeah yeah gotcha andrew i've always wanted to ask a uh, former major league pitcher this question man can you talk to me about your philosophy about pitching inside and brushing guys off the plate i mean you were known for your fastball man mid-90s fastball if you wanted to you could do a lot of damage with that. I mean, things go wrong. You could end a guy's career pitching inside, you know, the wrong way. So kind of what was your philosophy? How often did you use that during your career? And, and what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, pitching inside, especially in today's day and age, like if, in my opinion, if you don't, you've got no shot. I mean, an inside part of the plate, like even like even in six inches inside part of the plate, like that's mine. Like I, I'm not headhunting anybody. Obviously, if it gets like above the letters, there's some serious damage you can do, and I would never want to kind of enter in that uh, kind of mind, like like frame of mind. Like I'm kind of going at somebody's head. But I mean, if I hit you in the hip, if I hit you in the back, deal with it. Like yeah. it's part of the game. Yeah. yeah. One question, uh, follow up to that. One question I've always I've always had. Um, you know, sometimes when pitchers hit a batter and it's clearly you know an accident i've always wondered why i guess so i want to know like what's the code so i've always wondered like sometimes i feel like if i threw that pitch i'm like oh my bad dog my bad but every time it happens the pitcher's just like stone face just like yep shit you know what i'm saying so stoic. yeah 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 he's just pretty stoic about it there's such a mental aspect to every sport but i think baseball even like more so than others because of how slow and methodical and how many games there are in a season like to have that mental edge on like the batter the hitter the hitter versus the pitcher like it's it's mano a mano so to to 
give them any edge okay. whatsoever and mm. show remorse like you're not doing it okay okay like, i always looked like bob feller like there was a like you read quotes by bob feller he genuinely hated like every player <laughs> he ever played against like he didn't speak to offensive players like even on his own team because he's like there's a chance that they'll go to someone else oh, wow. and I have to face them and i'm not giving anything up oh yeah bob wow. feller is a big time guy from where i'm a big cleveland indians fan so bob feller holds you know, a lot of lore in that city and stuff. So no if, he, if Bob did it, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's how I said it. it almost, what you're saying almost reminds me of poker a little bit where you don't want to, you don't want to show any emotions. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to yeah. give anything away because it can give, you know, your opposition the edge a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. It's funny though, man. Like sometimes, yeah, pitchers will just straight up, it will, it'll just get away from them and they're just like, yeah, you know? I don't think I've ever seen like, it's, it's a good call. I don't think yeah, I've ever yeah. seen one yeah. pitcher apologize, and we get it. We get an explanation from Andrew yeah. of, of that's why. Awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's good, good to know. Hell yeah. Um, but so Andrew, uh, your great grandfather Gus, he was an outfielder in the 1930s with the Pirates, Phillies, and Senators. Well, I just want to know, like, what was it like growing up in, in a obviously, presumably, a big baseball family? Did you got? Did you really have like any other career options, or was your family like, you know, you better be a baseball player, or you're not getting invited to the family reunion, you're gonna be ostracized? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna change. You're gonna change your name real fast. We're gonna add an, another N on the end if you, if you do don't play baseball. But no, seriously though, what was it like though uh, growing up in that? And was that something that was like instilled in you young, as a youngster? Like, hey, you know, baseball is kind of our family sport and whatnot. I mean, I guess it was instilled in me, but I didn't really know any other way. Mm -hmm. Like my, my dad, like he played in college and he was always like my coach, like growing up and my great grandfather, he was actually alive. I think he passed when I was like 10 or 12. Oh, wow. So I got to see like what the Dodd stadium, which is now a futures league, uh, college wood bat league in Norwich, Connecticut, where I grew up. That was a double A park uh, for the Yankees. They were the Norwich Navigators when I was growing up. And I mean, the the front street, like in front of that park was dedicated Lefty Dugas way. And he like was throwing some first pitches. So I was young and like at a professional baseball setting, I got like a, a front front row seat to see him and how people like reacted towards him. So it was definitely like kind of, <laughs> as you mentioned, bread from the very beginning. It's really yeah. kind of all I know, but I, I never did I feel forced. My parents That's just awesome. gave me every opportunity to succeed in what I chose to do, which is ultimately something that they kind of had a, I mean, my, my, they had a hand in like my wife, they, she saw some home videos of me when I was like two years old recently. <laughs> and like, my dad was like, ah, oh, that wasn't good. Like, fix the next one and she's, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. like laughing but it's just, yeah it ended up working out it, no that's uh, awesome yeah that's awesome because we hear a lot about you know like overbearing parents and stuff like that that like uh kind of drill this into their kids and stuff so it's nice that your parents didn't force you to do it but i'm sure they had to be super proud once you did make it to the major leagues and everything and had a successful career yeah absolutely and that was one of the best parts about it they had the opportunity to travel to see me in omaha not only just my parents, but my siblings. I mean, my grandfather, we had extended family and friends there. And then like my debut, my parents and my sister were there. So being able to kind of experience that with them made it all that much more special. I'm sure. For sure. Andrew, getting back to uh, to your career, cut short uh, because of an injury, Tommy John surgery. Um, I remember um, I was talking to Kurt Suzuki, your catcher, and he was telling me that uh, the pitches that you were throwing, the game that you got hurt, uh, were some of the best pitches he's ever seen you throw. Um, so you were really, in my opinion, 
tell me if you disagree. You were really coming into your own right before you got hurt. Uh, the injury came at a pretty shitty time, uh, to be frank. Um, can you talk to us about kind of the emotions that are, that are going through your mind when it first happens through the rehab process, which I know was grueling, um, et cetera? Yeah, when it first happened, I mean, I had, unfortunately, I had kind of injury issues like from my first full, or no, from my second full season on, like spring training in 2009. I was after my first like full season. I was in big league camp, like ready to make the team. So I ended up getting hurt. And Andrew Bailey, who had was my setup guy the year before, made the team and was the AL rookie of the year. So I went from, it was like a real high to kind of, 2009, 2010, and then 11, like 9, 10, I was really kind of fighting the rehabs, random little stuff. And then I finally make it up and, and battling. And 11 and 12, I'm up and down. And I finally, like you said, kind of feel like I'm kind of coming into my own, like kind of getting some confidence because that's what people are like. Being in the major leagues, it is extremely difficult mentally. Like I was saying earlier, mm. like there's just so much time and everyone is so, so incredibly talented and good that I had some doubts. I mean, that mentally was the, sure. the biggest adjustment that I was struggling with. So I was like, okay, I finally getting some momentum, like really started dialing and being confident in what I'm, my capabilities, what I'm able to do out there. And then it was kind of taken away from me. And then, okay, it's a year rehab. I've done this before. I know exactly what I'm doing, but and then I actually had, my sh- I had a shoulder surgery that was 13 months after my Tommy John. Mm. And I was, so I was ex- expecting to be back in the big leagues 12 months after. And then I ended up having another surgery. And then after my shoulder surgery, I was just never the same. And I was pretty much the beginning of the end. Yeah. So w- what was that like? Uh, Cause you weren't, you, you mentioned it there. You weren't able to get back to the big leagues after your surgery. At what point did you have to look? Was there a point when you had to look in the mirror and say like, Hey man, this is, you know, I'm not going to be able to continue to play. And how was that, man? I'm sure that had to be tough. So I had an opportunity in 2013 was the year after I had my Tommy John. I was hoping to get back that year. I was with the A's. So after that, after my second surgery with them, the A's just let me go, understandably so. And then I signed with the Giants, had an opportunity to come in with them. Granted, I was coming off two surgeries in a row. So they kind of took it slow. I was in double A, had a decent time in double A. Triple A had an okay year. I wasn't I wasn't the same guy I had been in the past. Um, but then that off season, I was like, okay, I've gotten a full season under my belt. Now is when I'm going to be some, I'm, now I'm going to be in a good spot. And then no one would, I couldn't get a job in affiliated ball. So I ended up going to uh, independent ball played for the Somerset Patriots. And that was, that's a different beast after mm. being a part of affiliated ball. You, yeah. It, and it's, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I appreciated that opportunity, but at the same time, being an independent ball, especially when you have big league time, you are just so aware of how far away you are from wow. being back where you want to be. So I had one year with that. And then the last, the last half of that season, that's they, they, the Somerset Patriots, we won the, we won the Atlantic league championship. I think my last 26 outings were scoreless. Oh wow! And then I was like, okay, maybe now is when I'll get an opportunity. Went to Venezuela and to a little bit of winter ball sesh. And that was, that was like right at the time before Venezuela really kind of shit hit the fan down there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't throw mm-hmm. well. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I, wow. I just can't do this anymore. I was with my, my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, I don't want to, do the distance thing anymore. Like I definitely do not want to have another year of independent ball and, and, uh, going down to 
Venezuela. So that's when I decided, I think I came back from Venezuela. It was like early December and January two or three, I was enrolled back in classes at UNC. I was like, I just need to stick, take a step forward. Yeah. As a follow-up question. So what was that like? So you had been a baseball player your entire life, you know, and then, uh, what was it like to have to give that up? And and then also, like, how do you compensate for that now? Do you golf? Are you in some some beer softball leagues? Or what, how do you get the competitive juices flowing? Because I'm sure that's something as a as a lifetime player that you definitely miss. Fantasy football. I know that, man. I saw that on your Twitter. <laughs> yeah, fantasy football is probably – fantasy football and DFS is where I get nice. like my, my competition. I need to do something more, like, physically to get my kind of adrenaline yeah, and testosterone yeah. out. I, I had one year of some like co-ed softball and I was like, all right, this is, I can do this, but it was a little bit of like a bad news bear situation. Oh yeah. I'm sure everybody's all drunk and shit. Yeah. It was co-ed. Yeah. It was like a small, like, oh, yeah. so I, like if I didn't hit a home run every time, I yeah. didn't like stand out. Yeah, I, I like, did. Something's wrong. Give it up. Three run homers to uh, Marge. who's like 45 years old and been smoking 10 packs of cigarettes a day and shit. He's like, man, yeah, I lost I refused, it. <laughs> I refused to pitch. I was like, I did this. I did this <laughs> yeah, yeah. enjoy myself in the infield. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, Tony, why don't you tell the people about one of our newest sponsors, brother? Yes, sir. 1740 Beard Bomb. This is one of their canisters right here. Uh, so if you got a big old beard out there, you want to keep that shit groomed, mm-hmm. man. You want to look good. Yeah. Another thing I love about this company is they're actually uh, working with us on a promotion through our social media. Yeah. If you out there have a funny text, they can be sports related or not. Go ahead and post that to our Twitter, to our Facebook, and to our Instagram. And the funniest one we're going to read on the following week's show, we're going to send you some Beard Bomb and a $25 gift card, not to the Beard Bomb, to another place that you're going to like. And uh, yeah, check that out. Yeah. You, the, 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 if you got a beard, you got to get some of that stuff, man. There's nothing more uh, unattractive than like a big old, like hot, nasty, dried out beard and shit. Exactly. With some chicken wing juice in it and shit like that. You're <laughs> exactly. Like, dude, like get that. Why don't you clean that shit? They got shampoo and shit too, right? Like beard shampoo. Yeah, they got beard soap. They got beard chapstick. Soap. They've got other products, but uh, 1740 and, Beard Bomb. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm a, I'm around town. I'm, I'm at places. I'm at shows and stuff like that, okay? I, I can tell you about half y'all motherfuckers need to start wearing some damn uh, chapstick. People come up to me. <laughs> 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 like, for real. People come up to me with these dry ass cracked lips. Looks like a goddamn concrete jungle and shit. Like just like looks like looks like uh, fucking uh, like some concrete like chewed up fucking uh, asphalt and shit like that. Come trying to talk to somebody like dog, get lick your lips or you know drink some water or put on some of the seventeen forty shit, man. Because uh, them things is cracked and nasty as hell. You got dust like chalk coming off their mouth and shit. You're like goddamn, dude. What are you doing? Put he some said, chapstick on. He said, "Shoot up, concrete. <laughs> it does, man. This shit is terrible. Like, dude, like, oh, why is your why is your lips ashy? That's weird as fuck. I've never seen somebody with ashy lips. But yeah, I, I see some motherfuckers with some dry, dry, cracked up lips. You need it. That's nasty. You need to get it taken care of for sure. I agree. So, seventeen forty beard bump. But go on our social media. Send us screenshots. Your favorite team's losing. Your buddy sends you a text, making fun of a player, making fun of a team. We want to see those, and we want to reward you for for, for your comedy. Yeah, if you got some Tim Tebow hot takes, uh, hit us up, man. I'm I'm all about that shit. That's probably gonna get you the front of the line right now. I can tell you that. Tim Tebow and Mac Jones. Those yeah, are the two. Big Mac Jones. You got some Big Mac Jones. Uh. Uh. uh jokes and shit we'll probably read those bitches on there uh yeah and you got some astros stuff you want to talk about the astros yeah go ahead oh, yeah. man we're Top open of the line. 
But yeah, you want to hit them up, uh, go check out their website. Cause it's not just, uh, the, the, uh, beard lotion, man. They got all kinds of different stuff. For so. sure. 1740 beardbomb.com. Andrew, if you, if you did pitch, man, if I gave you a baseball right now, uh, how hard do you think you could throw it? Right now? I think I could probably get maybe 85. Nice, something. man. I mean, there's a high, maybe an 85% chance I blow out again, too. But <laughs> yeah. I, could probably, I could probably throw 45, man, right now, <laughs> if you believe me. Maybe on a good day. We'll <laughs> yeah, see. same. Uh, Andrew, am I remembering correctly? And maybe I'm not, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think when I talked to you, you had said you knew there was kind of something going on in your arm, maybe like a, a micro tear or something like that, that you knew could kind of go at any time. And can you kind of talk about that? I mean, how the hell are you throwing that hard <laughs> knowing that your arm yeah. could give out at, at any moment? And how long did you have that concern, that, that black cloud over you? So in 2009 in spring training, what I mentioned before is when I initially got hurt and I had a, an MRI that year where they were like, Oh, you've got a partial tear in your UCL, but you've also got five loose bodies. Like you got had a bone chip Jeez. that had broken off, five loose bodies. So they kind of took care of that. But I always knew in the back of my head, like, okay, my UCL is, is compromised. So at that point, I mean, in baseball, especially if you're a hard thrower, I mean, if you're a 95 plus guy, I think everyone kind of knows, like you've got a 50-50 shot in your career of having TJ anyways. Wow. So I kind of knew that was a possibility. And I had seen so many guys that had partial tears or they had like almost full tears. I'm like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to rehab this. And then you'd spend six months rehabbing. The second you get back into a full place game, you blow out. Mm. So it's like, okay, you just wasted six months. Oh, like, yeah. It's Tommy John. It's a surgery. That's kind of commonplace nowadays. Like you can get it done. So many guys have come back. So actually I think Tony, what you're referencing is when I did it, I threw a pitch and I was like, that was in, it was actually it was in that Michael Young game. Like we were playing the Rangers and I was like, that didn't feel right. But you know what? I'm going to throw another one just to make sure that if it is my UCL, like it's completely gone. So mm. then I don't have to deal with like this partial tear. Thing. Mm -hmm. So then I threw like two more pitches and then I was, I called Damn. Suzuki out because I was like spiking fastballs. And then that Damn. was kind of how that went down. Damn. Damn. Wow. I can't imagine the fucking oh, the emotions mm. of, I mean, this isn't a minor injury. You know I mean? You're talking yeah, about yeah. your UCL on your throwing arm for a pitcher. So this isn't like a sprained ankle or, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's oh, I'm just going to recover in, you know, a month yeah. or two. The emotions of fucking getting to the top <sighs> and then having a deal. And you got a job to do <laughs> yeah. to still throw the ball yeah. while knowing that that's on your mind, man. That's something that uh, not, not a lot of people have to, to think about or, or, or go through, man. That's, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so, uh, can you talk a little bit about your decision to go back and get your degree after your baseball career was over? Cause a lot of people, you know, they say a lot of former athletes are like, they always promise someone that they're going to do that and everything. And a lot of them don't get around to doing it, but you, you actually went back and did that and you, you graduated from North Carolina, which is, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's going to look good. And, you know, obviously in, in the rest of your career and your business career and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely, I'll, I'll, do the old, I'd promise my mom I would go back. Yeah. I mean, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then I, I knew that I needed to do something because with so many years of like dealing with injuries, the minor league lifestyle was just not for me. I could have like the coaching realm. I could have gone that way. But like we talked about earlier, like that's the same schedule, same lifestyle, not sleeping in your same bed. So I was like, I need to do something else. 
So going back to school, it was actually like, it was kind of like the low hanging fruit. Like I have no idea what the hell else I would have done. So <laughs> okay, I'll go back to school, we'll finish up. And then I was actually like, I had probably three former teammates of mine who had uh, all, I played with them at UNC. They had gone and had a professional career. And for what, two were other pitchers, guys that got hurt. And another was a uh, position player. We were all back at the same time. So that, that was actually really nice. I wasn't just the random 30 year old. It was like a group of us. So it'll do that. And I spent time around the team, like on my own accord. So not really on the field, like working mechanics or anything, but it was more like the mental aspect. So two notable guys that were there at the time were Zach Gallen and JB Bukowskis, who are both with the Diamondbacks right now. And being able to kind of talk to those guys and tell them like, Hey, this is, what to expect. This is what Mm. I wish that someone who had gotten drafted and played pro ball would have told me. And really I kind of harped on them for me, especially it was just health. Like gallon, for instance, I told him, I was like, dude, just go out there and make, make every start every year. If you have a five ERA, that's fine. Just go out there and make every start. Mm. It's the way that baseball is and kind of like the progression and getting better. Like just make every start, keep getting better. And, I mean, granted, I, to see guys like that succeed was was really was really kind of satisfying and gratifying, and gratifying for yeah. me and a couple of my other teammates who were able to be around them. That's awesome. You get to kind of to be in that mentor role. Who are the guys for you, coaches, players that may have kind of gotten in your ear a little bit as you were kind of coming up the ranks and, and might have shared some some advice with you along the way? So in college, I mean, like Daniel Bard and Andrew Miller, they were the guys, they were a year ahead of me and they weren't like the most vocal guys, but just seeing them on a day-to-day basis, seeing how they went about their business. I mean, they were as big of a prospect as you can possibly be. And they're both first round picks, like seeing them, like the humility and how they treated everyone on the team the same way and kind of put their work in that really kind of Mm -hmm. set the, set the course for my career. And then in pro ball, I mean, had guys like when I got called up, like Brian Fuentes, um, he was up there, Grant Balfour, like they were kind of uh, Balfour. I remember sitting next to him and that was like with the massive booklet of the book on the other team. Like, this is how he's going about looking at guys' tendencies and how is he attacking them. And he was very gracious and I would just sit next to him. And like, instead of him just going through it, he would say everything out loud. This is what I'm looking for. Mm. Um, so guys like that, um, and then like Doolittle, like, I mean, he was one of like, my, my peer kind of coming up, but just seeing him and just kind of being able to talk with him about things. Like we were always hurt. We kind of knew each other from before college and then college. So kind of having that camaraderie with him was always beneficial to me too. And it's really been nice to see him succeed since I have left the game. Cause he actually, the day that I blew out my uh, elbow, that was, he made his debut. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Wow. You mentioned that book that Balfour uh, had. I find this fascinating. Was this the, the team provided there? Did he have his kind of his own personal like notebook uh, on other guys or what? No, this was this was team provided. It was like the stat. I think I want to say stat cast or stat track or whatever. It's like they got the nine. It's like the red and blue nine by nine. Like it starts with that, um, like hot cold with a, the pitcher or the hitter on on righty, hard throwing righties, hard throwing lefties, soft throwing righties, soft throwing lefties. That's how it was broken at that mm. point. But I think now that since like the analytics revolution has really uh, taken over that what I was looking at was like child's play compared to what guys have now, the information that, that is out there. 
fingertips. Mm. And, and, our, and maybe this is a silly question. Are you looking at, at tape too? Like, are you looking at footage of, of guys at bats that, that you might be, be going up against? Or is it really just sort of that, that paper uh, copy that, that you're using to prepare from? It's completely up to you. The amount of information that is available to you is can be paralyzing. Like I would wow. go and look at tape of some guys. For, specifically for me, the things that I cared about as a reliever was if guys were going to swing first pitch and what their tendencies were or what their holes were with two strikes. Those were the two things that I kind of harped on because in my like that's what mattered. Like because if we're starting pitch, pitchers, they're going to kind of concentrate and. Uh, on some different kind of aspects, but those are the two tendencies that I really kind of uh, harped on. So you might have a bullpen with nine or 10 guys and you might have nine or 10 different ways that guys go about kind of preparing yeah, yeah. for, for the next series coming up. If, I, if I'm hearing. Oh, correctly. absolutely. Wow. Yeah. you got some guys who I've, they've watched every at bat those, everyone that like you have a lefty reliever, they've watched every at bat that somebody that the lefties in the other lineup, might have had for the last two months. You've got some guys who want nothing to do with any information or like they're the guys that if they're thinking up on the mound that they're screwed. So it's like, it really is, like you said, Tony, it's every single person kind of deals with all that information in their own way. And it's a battle to try to figure out what the best way for you to do it is. Because I mean, if you're out there pitching and you're thinking, if you're actively thinking, that's usually not a good sign. You need to kind of be out there and it just needs to be second nature at that point. Is there a difference between you mentioned all these resources that you have available to you and it's overwhelming and paralyzing? Is there a difference between the resources at the 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 double A level, the triple A level, and the major leagues? And and can you talk about that a little bit? So at that time, my last year was this was, I mean, those resources that I'm really talking about are 2011 and 2012. So mm. it's like a decade ago. Mm. And at that point, the the resources in triple A and towards the big to the big leagues was night and day. I, I can't really mm. speak to what it is now, but yeah, it was night and day at that point. With all of the the track man and how everything has gotten so uh, advanced in that sense now, I think that the the information is a lot more plentiful at AAA. But I don't know for sure. Gotcha. Um, I want to ask you. So a hot topic right now, and a person we've talked about on the show quite a bit. He's kind of in the news again, um, and we have our own opinions on him. I'm, my opinion is probably much stronger than most people's, but we want to get your take on uh, Tim Tebow playing baseball. And uh, do you think it was a publicity stunt? Did you think he sullied the game at all? And do you think anyone else that's uh, never played high, uh, that hasn't played since high school would have gotten the same opportunity? Uh, to play well, like him. I got to I just love that as soon as you said Tim Tebow playing baseball, Andrew couldn't help but chuckle yeah. under his breath. Nah, I thought that I, yeah. was telling. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I can't stand it, dude. So go ahead and let loose. I don't give a shit. I hate this motherfucker. He is so annoying to me, man. <sighs> when you look up like joke in the dictionary, yeah. Tim Tebow playing oh. professional baseball should be right there. <laughs> like, I think it's just as much of a joke yeah. that he got an opportunity to do yep. that. As it is a joke that he's getting an opportunity to play tight end in the NFL after not doing it nine years. Yeah. Like mm. I, I listened to your last podcast and I was it's, I couldn't agree with what you were saying, Chad, anymore. Like, yeah. It's just so frustrating yeah. as a sports fan to see this guy just get every opportunity you could possibly imagine. And the more frustrating thing is that everyone bows down and yep. can't wait to line up and buy his jersey yep. for a guy who's never going to see the field. Yeah. it's yeah. yeah. So they're definitely just doing it for, it's like wig night or something like that in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Where they, <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, it's that once they, once everyone in that town had seen him, 
like play and it, the novelty wore off, they cut his ass. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah. okay, your career's over. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, I guess I'll go back to football now because my <laughs> college coach got a job and I and he owes me a favor because I helped, you know, uh, distract from the murderer we had on our football team for yeah. two or three years, you know? Is it almost uh, offensive, Andrew? Because you know how yeah. hard you work and how hard the other guys work to get there, right? I, what do they say? Like 1% of, of yeah. baseball players, if that, you know, if make that. it to minor leagues, major leagues, et cetera. And then for someone else, it's so easy, yeah. not necessarily because of, of, of earning it, uh, but for other reasons. I mean, is, is, is it almost offensive in a way, knowing how much work you put into it? I actually took offense before the whole Tebow experiment ever happened to Russell Wilson being invited to Rangers spring training multiple times. Oh. Every time Kaepernick... Every time Kaepernick was up, all they uh, was playing, all they would talk about was, oh, this guy used to play baseball. He could play baseball too. It's like, mm. I kind of feel like it was a little bit offensive. Like they were like dialing back, like they were kind of dumbing down the competition. Like, oh, anybody could do this yeah. if they weren't playing football. Like mm. that was the original thing that kind of pissed me off. Like handing Russell Wilson at bats when you've got a young kid who's been busting his ass his whole life mm -hmm. trying to get that opportunity. I mean, Ooh, then you good get point. To, that was just taking that bats away in spring training. Then you get someone that's taken a job away, like all season long. Yeah. Like, I think it's just a freaking joke. And yeah. I think the Mets are like, they're, they're like dumbing down the level, the level of play, but also like what it means to be a professional baseball. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a, this is, I think it's a struggling franchise for a reason. And it has been for the last 20 Jackson, years. Jackson, what are you talking about? The Jaguars? Uh, well, both, you oh. know what I'm saying? I'm saying the Mets and, oh. the, and the Jaguars, but you see that, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they got uh, Francisco Lindor, and that hasn't really worked out so far. I mean, I think he's batting below 200 right now. Um, and it's been a joke of a franchise for a long time. You know, I think that they had a couple glory years, you know, in the early 2000s, but late night, uh, 1999, around there. But, yeah, it's a franchise that, that isn't also ran. No one really gives a shit about them. And that's why they're doing, like, little silly gimmicky shit like that mm -hmm. to get Tebow out there. Um, and like I said, once the novelty wore off and they were no longer selling tickets, they, they cut his ass. And yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do the same thing. <laughs> They're going to hold him to the last possible second so they can sell all the damn jerseys. Everybody will be talking about it. Yeah. We know final cut day. Everybody will be talking yeah, about yeah. it for sure. It's, and Andrew, how, how closely do you follow the game today? How close, how closely do you watch baseball? Not very closely. Um, I still follow like the guys that I know. <laughs> a lot of them are now even like coaching roles. But I mean, for a lot of reasons, I was kind of, I'm, I've got some things to wrestle with myself. Like I have a bitterness towards the game. Oh, I man. think a lot of it is mm. because if I feel like it was taken away from me, wow. like, I feel like it, like with really, like you were saying earlier, like getting kind of coming into my own and then having taken away from me at that point, like it really just, I think I got some own, my own demons to deal with, mm -hmm. but it just didn't sure. sit well. Like I just put everything I had and everything I could into the game for three decades. And then it was just like, okay, well, see you later. Thanks for coming. Mm. And it's, it's tough to reckon with. I mean, especially now with the way that the state of baseball is right now, they're not making it any easier for anyone to be a fan. Anyway. So it's the combination of my experience and then what's going on now. Yeah. I'm not much of a fan currently. So, so I want to know, um, uh, if, if you're, if you, your children want to play, uh, baseball and everything like that. Do you think that that will maybe be like the bridge to maybe getting you back into the game a little bit more? Nice. Cause you're going to, cause you know, your, your kids going to be like, Hey, you know, you're going to, they're going to hear the stories that dad was a professional baseball player. Do you think that that's probably going to be when you, when you kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, I get, baby. yeah, yeah, I can get back into <laughs> it now. And it's going to, it's not going to hurt as much. It's not going to sting as much when you think about the game. 
Absolutely. And that'll be, it'll be about them at that point and not about me. So it'll be like a nice, like changing of the guard. I'll That's be awesome. able to use all of the, I mean, cause I have so much knowledge and so yeah. much experience and relationships that I, part of me is like, it eats at me that I'm not doing anything with that. But at the same time, I think that kind of taking that next step with my own kid. And then, I mean, I have, I have a bunch of friends that are doing that now and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can definitely see myself like really enjoying it. Once that kind of comes to be, this could be like an awesome uh, movie pitch. We could just do like an awesome comedy movie pitch where you just start out as like the T-ball, like the the pitching instructor or something like that on the T-ball team, <laughs> like you know, the I throwing like instructor or something like that. Then you just start slowly getting your way into it. And then you just like develop like a big time powerhouse in high school baseball in, in Kansas, man. Just take over the damn state. I like you it. Know? I like it. I'll be back in the Northeast by the time that happens. Okay, yeah, yeah. Get a ragtag group of kids, you know what I mean? And just uh, start running roughshod all over the Northeast. (laughs) Andrew, you mentioned uh, your relationships. Um, Who do you still keep in touch with um, from your playing days? You mentioned following guys and seeing how they're doing. Is is there anybody that you sort of talk to regularly still from uh, the team? Uh, So do do what it was. I talked to him a a decent bit. I mean, and then like Mickey Story, who is one of my teammates he was my roommate in cape cod league back in 2005 and we were together with the a's and then again with my last year with the somerset patriots and he was with me in venezuela so he's i just uh saw him the other day we had lunch with him and his kids but he's the manager of uh the triple a astros team in, in oh, Sugarland wow. right now okay so I, I speak to him a good bit and then one of my best friends from home who tony knows eric campbell uh, he, he actually just was with the Mariners up with the Mariners in the big leagues for the last week. That was the first time that he had been in the big league since 2016 with the Mets. So, oh, wow. uh, currently those three are probably the three that I'm kind of closest to, but I mean, then, then the younger guys, like the UNC guys, it's kind of, it's cool to see, uh, the next generation of those guys come around too. Andrew Miller was one of my favorite, uh, players for a couple of years there. I was a big it's Indians a fan. He was yeah. just an animal dude. Like anytime you came in, you were just like, Oh shit, you, you go ahead and put a zero up on the board. Cause ain't no one touching this guy's stuff. I mean, he was unhittable for several years, man. Like just unhittable, yeah. nasty as shit. And the, and the, uh, uh, was that 2016, 2017? I can't remember uh, when the Indians went to the world series and he came in, he was just, they overpitched him. You know, and I think uh, that kind of caught up with them, unfortunately, in game seven, uh, the back end of that of that uh, series there. But he was he was unhittable during that those playoffs, man. Yeah. Awesome to watch. No doubt. Andrew, I wanted to ask you. I mean, him and. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say him and Tito Francona, like they were kind of revolutionizing how the bullpen and how guys were used at that Mm. point. Totally agree. Yeah. Tito uh, has been a godsend because the Indians with that payroll. Uh, it's just nice to be competitive. It's nice to like uh, for me to be able to still be watching games and for us to be even somewhat in the conversation of, you know, even a wild card and everything. Like that. I think that's like tremendous job on Tito's part because uh, we have like one of the lowest payrolls in major league. And for him to be able to do that with that roster is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, he did. He totally revolutionized the way the bullpens were used in. And you see, it's a uh, tra- it's a uh, kind of uh, evolved since then. But it started, you know changed big time during that that uh playoff run we had so yeah and as a red sox fan growing up uh they miss him oh yeah sure. i'm sure they do <laughs> hell yeah no doubt about yeah. it no doubt about it uh Andrew, I had a, a question i want to ask you man heckling in baseball i know that as a pitcher you're a little bit further away from the fans right um one of my favorite heckles of all time and you can find it on youtube uh grady sizemore was at the plate yeah. and the dude like nailed the timing perfectly and he said uh hey grady my sister's 
pregnant, pay up or so, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious during your time, some of those minor league parks are probably a little quieter, too, yeah, I would imagine. More um, ha- have you heard any particularly good heckles that are memorable? And do you hear that stuff when you're on the mound or or even at, you know, at the plate you might have been hitting in, in the minors, too? The the heckling that I remember was always just in the bullpen. Like we sat out <laughs> oh, there. Oh, like that's we, right. We we would joke that like being in the bullpen was like being an animal at the zoo. Like like you could hear him like, Hey, look at that one. He's moving around a little bit. Uh, he's getting up. And then like, asking for balls. And it just, yeah. it's like an evolution yeah, yeah. as the game goes on. I mean, the back and forth, especially in the minor leagues in the bullpen was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the big leagues, like that's when big league bullpens, that's when, you're you're warm enough and people are they have your information and they're telling you <laughs> how much you suck and why you suck yeah. and how bad you're gonna suck when you go out there on the mound <laughs> uh, on the mound like it's usually there's so much going on you can't really hear it unless it's like i don't know like last year i don't like with or now with like limited fans mm. if there is someone that really wants to heckle like you've got a, you got a better chance to actually hear what they have to say but like as far as especially in the big leagues, like I didn't hear anything on the mound, but in the minor leagues, yeah, they people love to drink and pass their time by <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. interacting with the bullpen. <laughs> so, so, so if someone gets you with a good zinger, right, and you hear it, is it kind of like you were talking about on the mound where you can't show any emotion, where you just gotta like take it and pretend like you didn't hear, it, or do you ever kind of tip your cap like no, ah, that was good. a good one, man? Yeah. <laughs> I would always interact and tip my cap because no then shit. they're like, oh yeah, because then they, they kind of like. It, de-escalates and it's like, oh, this guy, he thinks I'm funny. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You give them what they wanted. They yeah, want yeah. a reaction. They, like they said to the bully in school, they want yeah. a reaction. You give them a reaction, they, they a, lay off you a little that's bit. That's so maybe. funny that in the big leagues, like they've got professional hecklers and stuff, guys that like do their research. They're like, okay, let's see, he played a uh, double A ball for four years. Wow, that's a long time. He should have made it to triple A by then. You know what I'm saying? Like that's hilarious. It's like step their game up a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, family members yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah they're coming yeah. with an arsenal of, of yeah. information. Yeah, most of the double A people are just going for like the dollar hot dogs and two dollar beers and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Major League, like I paid forty dollars for this ticket. I'm gonna get some good. Some good I want to make someone me. hurt. Yeah, I want to hurt somebody. Cause some emotional pain in someone. Today. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Not only do they pay money for that ticket, but they personally they made sure that they chose the seat. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. That's so true. They That's hilarious, man. That's so funny. So, um. There's a couple more questions here before we let you go, but uh, I want to ask you because uh, a lot of people, a hot topic right now also is uh, about baseball and the and the changes that some people think that needs to be made in in the game. Um, you know, some of them, uh, the seven. I know some. They're saying some of this is just COVID related and everything, but the seven inning double headers, uh, putting a runner on second base to start extra innings. A lot of people have been calling for even more drastic changing, like a pitch clock. And everything like that. I want to see what your opinion is on some of those topics. And do you think the game needs to change or is it fine the way it is? I couldn't hate any of those changes anymore that I do. <laughs> I think that with Rob Manfred, not one positive thing has come to the game since that guy's been in charge. Oh, wow. And when you say like some people, I always wonder, like, who are those people? Yeah. Like, who are the people that, oh, the game is going way too slow? Like, oh, you think the game's going too slow? it's because the game has completely changed. Like as far as the shifts and like you see all these no hitters and strikeouts, there's no two strike approach. No one wants to go the other way. Like Mm. the game is changing in those ways 
for a lot of other reasons that has happened for like the last 15 years. And now it's like, oh, knee jerk. Uh, you needed all these changes that they're making. It, to me, make no sense whatsoever. So you're saying it's more like a strategy based instead of like that's just, this is just a product of the game because like you said uh so many every year they're setting records and strikeouts and everything like that and it seems like it's either a strikeout or a home run you like the, the, the art of the single you know the art of uh bunting you know, go, nobody yeah, can bunt yeah, anymore dude going opposite field you know just slapping one over the infield that that's kind of gone in the game and um I feel like it's it's gonna it's gonna have to come back at some point. There's gonna be some team that that does that and does it extremely well, and mm. then it just it comes back into the game. At least I hope so because I miss shit like that. I miss like the little slap singles, little bloopers, this type of stuff. It seems like everyone's coming up there and just like, all right, well, if I don't strike out, I'm hitting a home run. I don't give a shit. But they're batting two fourteen or something, you know, and that does get a little frustrating. I wish that I would have played in today's day and age. Oh yeah, mm. wow, I would have done a hell of a lot better if yeah. everyone was trying to hit a bomb off me. Yeah, mm. I was a hard throwing ready with accepting fastball. So, mm -hmm. like, if guys were trying to hit a bomb off me, I was going to be in a good place. But if someone was trying to fight and go the other way and, like, slap it over the first baseman's head mm -hmm. if you're a righty and then steal second, like, those are the guys that I hated. And they mm -hmm. gave me fits. And, like, those are the guys that are disappearing from the game. Yeah. They're also seeing, like, a, a big change in catchers, too. The ca uh, catchers aren't able to throw as well anymore. I saw a stat the other day when I was watching a game that, uh, that like, the steal percentage is, like, through the roof this mm. year and last year. I mean, that could be a couple different reasons. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of things about the game that I agree with, you know. I, I, I would say right now, that as I tell Tony this, uh, I get the MLB package, and uh, baseball is just – I will say that there was probably a time in my life when I thought I was a little slow – but right now, it's the perfect speed for me, man. I'm a dad, you know. I'm like hanging out with my son, or I've got stuff to do on the. I got work to do, you know, preparing for the podcast and everything like that. And so it's the perfect speed for me because I could be on here writing up questions for this interview while I'm watching a game. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not missing anything. And I actually, dude, I, the other day I posted this on our Twitter. I've been, I said, you know, you know, you're a dad when uh, you're watching May baseball instead of playoff basketball. And I'm just a huge sports mm -hmm. fan. I used to cover the NBA, but. Uh, I love the MLB, man. It's, it's especially when your team's doing okay. I'm an Indians fan. We're always, you know, kind of in the second, second, the second or third tier and and uh, on the American League and everything like that. As long as it's interesting, and at least I got a team to root yeah. for, man. I'm happy about it, and I, I'm enjoying watching other teams this year as well. And it's slow, but it, it's not too slow. I mean, if anybody no. says baseball is too slow, like put them in front of the TV during a playoff baseball yeah. game. Is there anything better than, than the, playoff the baseball, guy, man? The, uh, I forget the uh, Miley. I, I think his last name was Miley. Wade, My, Wade Miley, yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That threw the uh, yeah. no-hitter against the Indians. That guy worked fast as hell. And as a as a fan of, of baseball, I was thinking to myself, like, dude, slow down. You're, <laughs> none, of, none of our hitters felt comfortable. I could see him about the fifth or sixth inning. I th told my girl, I said, I I'll be surprised they get a hit or two off this guy because yeah. he he's just got them on their heels and so when you get a guy like that that throws fast the the batters are not used to it like whatsoever yeah. you know you can use it to your advantage or disadvantage you know you also want to be uh, a little bit more tactful and understanding like you know what you make sure you're not making a mistake because people are hitting so many home runs now especially yeah. the, the pitch clock in baseball andrew i'm curious specifically on that one i mean you talk about being on the mound You've already got all these things on your mind. You're trying to yeah. stay focused. And oh, yeah, you, you got a little uh, clock, clock counting yeah. down, too, that you got yeah. you got to keep an eye on. Um, what, what, would that, what would that be like uh, for, from a pitcher's perspective? So they had kind of started instituting that. I think when I was in when I was in uh, Somerset and Indie Ball, because the Atlantic League, they had like a loose affiliation with MLB that they're just like the guinea pigs, they'll, they'll agree to do any of these rules and in, install them to see how it'll work. 
in order for and like to have any affiliation with MLB. But my, I mean, for me, like along what you were saying about Wade Miley, like the faster you go, the faster you work, the more uncomfortable the hitter is. So wow. I was always give me the ball, I'm getting back on. Yeah. So the clock never bothered. Like there are guys that um, do work a little bit slower. But I mean, I don't know. I, there's definitely guys that work slower, but I still don't think that the that the call that the clock does any good. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and, and honestly, sometimes this is the batters. You know what I mean? If they're talking about pitching, oh, it's yeah, like dude, sometimes the, the batters box. they got to come out and put their damn uh, they got to readjust their batting gloves every time. And it's like, dude, you didn't swing the last at bat. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't understand why you're doing that. It's so silly. Yeah, exactly. come out and. Uh, do a couple of practice swings. I'm like, all you did was look at a pitch, man. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do all that. For sure. But um, uh, last couple question here, uh, Andrew. Uh, I want to ask you. Uh, I know you're not. You said you don't follow it. Uh, you're not really plugged in right now. But uh, who who would you say are some of the favorites you think in uh, MLB this year? It seems like it's more wide open than it's ever been, and that's only gr- that's great for fans and and people uh, watching the game because a lot of teams are still still involved. And like I said, there's no clear cut number one or two this year. You know, I think. Uh, you know, the Dodgers have had some injuries. There's probably 10, 10 or so teams that I could see winning it this year. But I want to get your opinion on that. And do you have a rooting yeah. interest yeah, uh, yeah. being from Connecticut? Not really. I mean, I was a Boston sports fan, like a big Patriots fan. But yeah. baseball-wise, like, I don't – like, since I'm playing, like, my Red Sox affiliation kind of, like, dwindled. And it was mm-hmm. more just – I like organizations that I see that operate well. I think that operate mm-hmm. well. And, I like, I follow players more. Um, but I, I mean, from the Dodgers, if the Dodgers are healthy, that pitching staff I mean, mm-hmm. and the lineup is just, yeah, Jesus. it's really going to be tough to be, especially cause they kind of got that monkey off the back too. Like don't have to worry about the, being the first one. So I think that they're definitely, if, if everybody's healthy, that they're definitely the toughest team to be. Yeah, and there's no trash cans anymore. They don't. They they uh. The oh well. shit! We gotta ask Andrew <laughs> uh, yeah, about that. Yeah, let's ask. We got to. Yeah, just we, get we his gotta opinion. ask yeah. Andrew about that. I got a couple questions about this, Andrew. One, just just what are your thoughts on that whole scandal? You know, altogether, uh, being a former pitcher. And two, Chad and I were talking about this on the last show. And of course, we're speculating here. Nobody knows for sure. But do you think everybody on the Astros, all the hitters, were in on that, or or do you think it was a select like the few core. guys because i'm like if a guy from triple a comes up and it's his first time in the league do you trust him with that kind of information yeah. like hey we're friggin' cheating and we could get in a lot of trouble for this so i've always wondered how widespread that was and none of us know but i'm just curious your thoughts and going back to what i was saying about my position when i was in the big leagues like after every game i'm worried about getting a tap on the shoulder those guys that are getting called up even if they do find out, what are they going to snitch and re- and and like give someone an opportunity to send them down, mm. like and change, like worsen their livelihood? I think that at that point, they're not the ringleaders. There are veterans that are kind of in charge of this. You just go along for the you're along for the ride. Mm. I mean, you're guilty by association right from the very from the get. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys who don't like throughout the my career in the game like there are pitchers that they're tipping pitches like there are guys that sit in the dugout whether it's how he's holding his glove what he's, he's got a tick like they know periodically the dugout knows what pitches are coming mm. it's about 50 50 whether the hitters whether they want it or not okay. whether they want to know what's coming or not because some guys are like oh yeah give me every advantage i can other guys are like well the I don't know. I'm not sure that what you're giving me is the right pitch anyway. So mm. I would say normally when you have somebody's pitches, 50% of the, p- the hitters want it. But in that case, when it was 
it's not really guessing when you're looking at a video feed. So I would say it's probably more likely that guys are confident in what they're getting is the right is the right pitch. So I, I would say it's probably more likely that more people are using it, but I have no idea. Wow, that's interesting. Gotcha. For sure. That's really sure. interesting. My yeah. last question. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say my last question for you, Andrew, is do you like whiskey? Bourbon. I do very much. Oh, I do very much. Man. I love we it. got a we got a bottle of whiskey for you to thank you for coming on the show. I'm not gonna mention the dates that you're in Austin just for your own privacy, but the dates that you are in Austin that you mentioned to me, uh, there's gonna be a, a bottle waiting for you at Still Austin if you want to go in. They're one of our sponsors. They take good care of us and take good care of our guests. So uh hopefully you enjoy good, some man. uh some still Austin whiskey. Beautiful. I'll definitely stop in and pick that up. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Me and me and a friend went through a bottle of that quickly <laughs> a couple <laughs> it weeks goes ago. Down smooth, it right? was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we had a little dad day. I try to uh, try to coax him to come over, and give me help me do some dad shit at the house. But it was a little still Austin man. It worked, but uh, shit. By about the f- about the fourth drink, we wasn't interested in cleaning anymore. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> Andrew, this is super fun, man. This is such an interesting interview. One of the best interviews we've done, I think, so far. It's so interesting to get the Appreciate perspective the insight, of, a, yeah. of a, a major league baseball player. Uh, to follow him, go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter. His uh, name is a underscore c a r i g n a n thirty eight. And um, all kinds of – I was going through his Twitter this morning, man. Super interesting guy, very intelligent. He doesn't just talk about sports either, which is cool too, man. So uh, give him a follow. Andrew, thanks for coming on the show, brother. This was super fun. Hey, guys. Really appreciate having me. I had a lot of fun too. It was nice to reminisce and now that I'm in my uh, my second life past baseball. Yeah, yeah. Good luck on the uh, on fatherhood and everything, man. You're going to love it. It's going to be a awesome challenge, but it's uh, it's so rewarding, man. It's one that's like the best thing that's ever happened to me by far. Yeah, I can't wait. Awesome, brother. Well, good luck Take to you, care. man. Thanks we'll talk again. to you soon, brother. This is a super interesting episode, man. It was great to talk to Andrew. You, what we were talking about, you saw like the hurt in his eyes, man, when he was talking about uh, not being able to play the game anymore and like how that still stings a little bit. And I'm sure there's a lot of athletes that go through that. And then trying to find yourself outside of being a professional athlete. That's all you knew. That's all you wanted to do for however many years, you know, from from being a child up until your adult life. That's all you thought about. That's all you wanted to do. And then you get to that moment, it's pure euphoria, but then it gets taken from you. And not because you weren't good enough, but because you couldn't stay healthy. You had some unfortunate um, setbacks in your career with injuries and everything like that. So it was awesome to hear from a guy that, that lived that, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. And, and and being through a lot with those injuries. And just like he said, the day-to-day grind of the league and the the mental aspect. I like how he talked about how, you know, you could get a tap on the shoulder after yeah. the game and knowing that that cloud is hanging over your head, knowing that your UCL could blow out at any moment um, when you're pitching. Um, that, that That's a lot. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it is, a lot, man. It's sure. awesome uh, to be able to get to talk to these guys and get an insider yeah. perspective because it's a... Uh, Something that I've always been curious of. We get to ask some questions about, you know, like the brush back and then the heckling. The, yeah, hitting, getting uh, hit in a batter and stuff like that. Yep. Something I've always wondered because you never see the the pitches don't ever give a shit, it seems like. They're it's like, true, hey, man. man. Maybe and- don't stand so close to the plate next time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I bet and you'll I- think twice about crowding the plate, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always wondered about the the preparation that they get, yeah. the the resources at the major league level with, mm-hmm. you know, the tape and, and, and that sort of stuff. So that was interesting. Uh, he said, you know, it was 10 years old, but it was interesting just to see uh, what kind of resources major league pitchers get to prepare. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. And the, all that stuff is handed to you as well. It's not like you have to go searching for your yourself and everything like that you're like watching old clips or and uh you know record games and stuff like that uh it's interesting man i'm telling you uh you gotta get up some baseball i don't know how big of a baseball fan you are but uh dude it's, it's a great year this is a great yeah. year uh, i was talking to my dad on the phone the other night and i was watching some baseball and he was kind of like oh the playoffs are on and i'm like yeah man but 
baseball is, I'm kind of really into baseball right now. It's just a great speed of the game, man. And, yeah. and they haven't changed shit <laughs> in such a long time. I'll say this, despite what Andrew said, I'm actually a fan of starting a runner on second base and in extra innings, man. No kidding. I actually do like it. Cause I feel like it, it, it adds a little bit of excitement to it. I can understand, especially coming from a pitcher, why he wouldn't like it. I totally get that. And I respect his opinion. You know, he's obviously played in the game. I haven't. But as a fan, I will say that I actually do like the, that rule, you know, mm. uh, starting a runner on second. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying I don't think there should be a pitch count. But I think we do got to do something about these batters, like readjusting their gloves. And, you know, I mean, I understand you got to get signs and everything yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? But these guys are like taking their like undoing their gloves every time. It's like, dude, you didn't even swing at the pitch. You don't need to do that, you know. So, um, but I think baseball is just fine. You, you know, it's always probably going to be the redhead stepchild of the four major league sports or the other uh, four major sports that and hockey and everything like that. You know, probably hockey more so. But uh, uh, I love I love baseball, and this is a great time to watch baseball. Yeah, man, I I like those long extra inning games. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody really bored in the seventeenth inning? I'm on the edge of my seat, yeah. honestly, because it seems like every pitch matters, and so I don't think it's necessary to to speed it up and, and put a guy on second base. I, I love extra inning games, yeah. man, for sure. I mean, I'll say like as a as a dad, I'm like I can't handle that shit. You know what I'm saying? I just can't do it. But I don't expect them to change the entire game just because I had a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like whatever, I still enjoy it. I, I'll find out the next day but uh that's what i'm gonna do right after the, that's just, we finish this show man i'm gonna yeah. go watch some baseball chill out get a little little food in me hang yes, out sir. you know what i'm saying so since, since this was our first baseball show i'll tell you a story real quick okay i'm in yankee stadium the old yankee stadium oh shit and i'm watching a playoff game Red Sox, Yankees. I've got on a Yankees suck hat. Oh, shit. And a Red Sox jersey in, in Yankee Stadium, right? And this was, do you remember uh, the uh, Tim Wakefield? Yeah, yeah, of course. Year, knuckleballer, right? yeah. The, the, the knuckleballer, the, the game seven, right? Yeah. This was the game before that to okay. send it to that epic game seven where the, the Aaron Listen, Boone home run. 2000, oh, okay. 2003. Okay, okay. So the year before the Red Sox epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And the game before the Aaron Boone home run. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Yankee State and the Red Sox won that game to force a game seven. They really had no interest. No, they shouldn't have won the game based on the pitching matchups. Yeah. And uh, I, I respect my life. I don't want to die yeah. in, in Yankee Stadium. So I wasn't yeah, like... Yeah, you were a Yankee suck hat. Well, <laughs> You're like, not but, that but, much. I, but, I respect my life, but only to a certain degree. You know, I'm willing to take a beating. <laughs> I just don't want to get murdered. You know what I'm saying? I didn't say Joe Torre sucked. I said, you know, Yankees suck. Verbally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verbally, yeah. I was fairly respectful. Yeah. I Like when the Red Sox scored, I wasn't turning around like, what now? Like like you see at stadiums <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. right? But of course, I would celebrate when the Red Sox scored. It like that dude, like, that's always hilarious when that person does that like they had something to do with it it's like dude you're half drunk <laughs> in the 50th row you had nothing to do exactly. oh, did, oh did you hit the single tommy was that you did you hit that single tommy holy shit what a catch out in center field tommy wow you should be playing what the hell are you doing in here eating fucking cashews and shit you know what I'm saying? exactly Jesus. yeah but go so, ahead sorry so, no, it's all, that's hilarious it's all good yeah. so so as the red Sox would score i'd do my like yes yeah. and, but again i don't want to be like too much of an ass it's a quiet but you gotta when say the red yes, Sox score. Yeah, yeah so i'm just pumping excited, my fist yeah. you know so surprisingly that's not when they threw things at me Oh shit. Believe it or not. <laughs> and when they threw things at me, it was like peanut shells in like wrapped in like paper towels and napkins and shit. Oh, and it God like hit damn. the back of my head. And then you turn around and nobody's looking at you. Yeah, and like, you can't be like, who was that? What yeah, are the yeah. 20,000? Yeah. So you just gonna kind of have to take it after a while, right? <laughs> yeah. But what surprised me is they would throw things at me after the Yankees scored and I'm oh, depressed. Shit. And I'm Dude, hanging my head and I'm up. just like, oh, ding, ding. <laughs> 
Damn. And then you're just like at your lowest moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Just tilted and shit. Oh. Damn. Oh, what was it like when y'all won though? Was you like throwing Dude, some shit walking back? out of that stadium, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was emotionally on cloud high. Yeah. Um, there may have been some substances involved. Yeah. But as I was excited, oh, get out of here. <laughs> as I was excited walking out of the stadium, there was also like a, I just robbed a bank. Oh, yeah, yeah. We better yeah. get the hell out of yeah, here because yeah, I'm still wearing my Red Sox oh, gear God, and some to. of these guys are a lot more drunk than I am right yeah, now. And I'm slightly fearful for my life. So let's hurry up and get to the car. Yeah, yeah. But it was quiet, bro. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm sure. Ooh, yeah. You should just turn around and start pissing on everybody and just like, eh, bitch, now. <laughs> I'll throw some fucking cashews now, bitch. Who's getting pissed on? Check them. You know, cha- hope, you, hope you can wash those Nikes, Sarah, because I just pissed all over them. <laughs> Things look, those things are gonna smell tomorrow, oh. Sarah. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Especially when you get on that hot ass subway, smelling Oof. like shit. Oof. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bad. so no that's kidding. hilarious, man. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite and only Yankee Stadium story. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I, I would abstain from that, man. I, I, dude, when I was a kid, uh, so I was a Michigan fan growing up in Ohio. And so, of course, I, you know, people talk shit, but a lot, when I was younger, Michigan dominated that series and we were kicking their ass every single year. Um, but, I remember going to uh, the 1996 Michigan Ohio State game. It was in Ohio State. It was in Columbus, and my dad surprised me with tickets the night before the game. I didn't. We didn't know we were. Gonna, I didn't know we were going to go, and he surprised me. And I remember he gave me a black and white big Nike jacket, like a coat. And he was like, "You're going to wear this tomorrow when we go to the game." And I was like, "What? Oh shit!" And I was like, "Why can't I wear Michigan stuff?" And he's like, "Because those fans are insane down there. You can't wear Michigan shit around them, where they'll go ape I'm shit." Trying to protect you. Yeah, yeah, dude. And so, as a, I don't think I was 12 years old at the time. It was 96. So yeah, I was like 12 years old. And we're like walking down State Street or whatever the hell you know street it is, going to the going to the stadium. And I didn't even have Michigan gear on. I had a Michigan sweatshirt underneath my jacket. But I was zipped up. And these dudes just start pelting the twelve year old kid. Start throwing Buckeyes at me and shit. You know what I'm saying? And Buckeyes are very like you know it's, it's like a big rock basically. You know what I'm saying? Like a like a you know two, like a fifty cent piece rock and shit. I'm laughing and you're not because you no, lived it. I lived it. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> Chad needs yeah. therapy after getting yeah, rocks dude. thrown at him at, yeah. the, at the stadium. Seriously, dude. Yeah, I still think about that <laughs> shit. But uh, we ended up winning Ty Streets. Uh, I think the score was 13 to 9 or 14 oh, yeah. to 9. Uh, Ty Streets on the slant uh, in the second half. Uh, I think that was from, was that from Scott Drysback? It might have been Brian Greasy. Future I, 49er Ty Streets. Ty Streets, yeah, yeah. One of my, uh, I liked him a lot, you know, back then. Um, number 86 at Michigan. Uh, we had a uh, uh, good time. My dad and I, um, we were trying to get in. My dad would always get press pass, uh, press passes and stuff, but this was not his turf. This was at Ohio State and everything like that. So we like went up to like one of the ushers. We were so close to getting in. My dad was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I know the sports information director from Michigan and stuff." And and uh, he was like, "Oh, we uh, we've got a press pass, but uh, I think it's up up in the press box or something. Made some shit up, you know." And the guy's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have someone go check on it." And so we were waiting for this guy. This was back in the day, and they didn't have like they weren't able to just like radio up to the press box. The guy had to go like go physically up there and check to make sure. And uh, we were waiting on him to come back. And the usher said to us, he's like, if he's not back in like two minutes, I'm just going to let y'all go in. And we're like, oh, shit, hell yeah. Right when he's getting ready to let us go in, here comes this guy. He's like, oh, he doesn't have a press pass and shit. We're like, fuck. Damn. So, But it was actually a very memorable experience because my dad and I ended up going to like a a mall like in the area and went into like their TV set. Because, dude, this is, you know, we were listening to the game on the radio, but, you know, we didn't have telephone phones that we could watch games on and shit so we went to a mall we went to their tv section and just uh posted up in like a sears and just watched the game from their tvs nice. and everything like that that's it was hilarious, hilarious yeah dude 
And then after we won, we were walking around the mall, high fiving, you know, all giddy and shit like that. And everyone in the house stayed geared, just like all depressed and stuff. Dude, that's why I love sports. I mean, that story, yeah. you, you can tell it's a clear yeah. memory of yours. You'll probably yeah. have that memory forever. For I mean, my sports, life, yeah. sports bond people yeah. and, and provide those types of, of yeah. family moments. It's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Some of my favorite memories in life are, you know, watching games with my dad or going to games with my dad and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, awesome thing. I can't wait to do it with my son, man. It's going to be the shit. Michigan's playing. Uh, UT, you know, uh, three or four years. My, that's my son's gonna be like four and a half years old. Oh, totally going to that nice. fifty yard line tickets. I'm just as soon as them bitches go on sale, I'm buying them. You know, nice. I don't know if he'll be able to sit through the whole game, but we're at least gonna try. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, go, go ahead and try to throw things at a four year old. Yeah, yeah, I'll beat some ass. <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna be getting their ass beat. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bring uh some brass knuckles just in case. I'm gonna their ass beat on fucking uh on West Campus this weekend. You know what I'm saying? We're just gonna take a quick second to tell you about. Odd Shark. Odd Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Odd Shark has that too, and it's absolutely free. That's right, Chad. In-depth expert analysis, stats, numbers, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. So whether you want to check out tonight's odds, this weekend's odds, or maybe that boxing odds that we talked about earlier in the show, anything in between there, head on over to Odd Shark and start thinking like a shark today. Yeah, and that's O-D-D-S-S-H-A-R-K dot com. Uh, go-to resource if you're going to be betting. Uh, that's what, I was thinking about this on the way over here, man. I was listening to our, our last episode in the Odd Shark promo and everything, and I was thinking, you know, the only thing better in sports is betting on sports, man. You get a little money. And you know, and that's the thing is a lot of people might think you got to throw down 50 or 100 or $250. You don't have to do that, man. A lot of times, man, if I'm just chilling at the crib and I don't have anything to do and I'm just like a little bored, throw down $10, $15. You know, if you lose it, it's not going to be a big deal. If you win it, it makes the game a little bit more exciting, you know? Get yeah. Some, get some pops in you, you know, start throwing furniture, you know what I'm saying? Just get juiced up. <laughs> more yeah. states are legalizing it yeah, too, yeah. Uh, which is exciting as well. So Yeah, yeah. so if you're going to place a bet, go over to Odd Shark. Dot com. Check out all the odds. You want to get some information. I was reading their boxing uh, analysis on this uh, uh, Fury and uh, Wilder fight. Had a great little article on there uh, discussing that. And if you don't know that much about uh, uh, sports betting and you want to get some more information, iChart has a breakdown of all the all the uh, nomenclature, all the words, all the things, all the ways you can bet, parlays, you know, hedging, all this kind of stuff. And so it's a great resource. If you're just getting into it, or if you're a season better and you want to find the best odds that you possibly can for an upcoming game, you want to go to Odd Shark so you can compare, get the best deal that you possibly can. No doubt about it. We're obsessed with Odd Shark. Dude, I, I mean, love that's my shit. I've got sure. a tab on there on my computer at all times open. When I'm watching games, I'll go on there and check it out too. You know, games tonight, I'll check it out and see what's uh, what some of the odds are for this baseball game. Might throw a little bit of money down on the Cleveland Indians. Who knows? Ooh, you know, like we'll it. see. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I, I'm definitely betting the under. I can tell you that we have the worst <laughs> offense and. The worst offenses in the uh, major league, but uh, awesome interview, awesome time talking to Andrew. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on, on uh, Twitter. Also, follow us on all the social media. All of our social media is at DMPCD Sports, and it's probably on your screen right about now. Give us a follow, give us a review. Please review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about the show. Please share, like, all that other shit. You know, what I'm saying? yeah, we thumbs really up on YouTube, all those yeah, things. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, we'll be back next week, dude. You know? Yes, sir. Looking yeah. forward so for Tony Farmer, I'm Chad Fisher. This is a DMP CD Sports Podcast presented by Odd Shark. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com. The Hot Pie Media YouTube channel. 
or wherever you listen to podcasts.